If I had to take you on a tour of my house and show you everything that I've had a hand in building over the years, you'd probably question why I should be the person talking in a series about building. See, the truth is, if I had a dollar for every uh, extra screw or extra washer that I've had left over when I've built a piece of furniture or fixed an appliance of some sort, I'd have, well, I'd have enough money to get the appliance fixed properly in the first place. But this morning, we're actually talking about the idea of what it looks like to build something different. Build something that I'm actually, I feel quite knowledgeable in and very passionate about because we're kicking off a brand new series today entitled Building the Church. You see, I'm a huge believer in um, what it looks like to build a church. So for this series, we thought we'd kick off this morning in a unique location. We looked around for a place where there was some construction going on nearby that we could go and, and film this portion of the message. And it turns out that there is some building going on right here. In fact, I'm actually stood right now in the space that will eventually become the worship center for Bethany Community Church. Bethany is a great church right here in Washington. We are blessed as a community to have them here. And for many years now, on Sundays, they've been setting up and tearing down and holding their services at five points. But in just a few short months, the construction that's going on around me here will come to an end and this will become their permanent worship space. I'm so excited for them because it was a little less than a year ago that we at Connect experienced the exact same thing. We came to the end of our building phase and we moved into our brand new location right in the heart of Washington. But you know, that wasn't the beginning of the building phase. You see, we started to build Connect Church a long time before last summer. In fact, I want to take you back to the place where the building of our church actually began. So we're going to leave here for just a second, and we're going to go somewhere else to talk about where Connect started to be built. So here I am now, on the stage in Washington Middle School. If you've just joined us recently at Connect in the last few months, you may not be familiar with this venue, but this is where Connect Church used to meet every Sunday morning before we moved into our permanent location, right here in this middle school gymnasium. It's just so great to be back here again. I just, I really miss this place. We would come in early on a Sunday morning. We would set up the stage right here. We'd set up pipe and drape, lights, sounds, uh, hundreds of chairs. We had to roll out these mats. I, I, I guess there's some things I don't really miss about this place, but I do miss being in this place. It was great to be here as a church. And you know, our plan to build the church, our plan to build Connect Church, it began here. It began here back in September of 2013. That's when our plan to build the church began. It wasn't when we renovated our new space and did all the construction and moved in. It was back here. Because I'm sure you'll have heard me say this before. The reality is the church is so much more than the building. You 
You're the church. We are the church. We are the church. So the plan to build that church, it began way back in September of 2013, seven years ago. You know, when you're going to build anything in life, a building, any kind of construction project, I was thinking about it. There's really just three things you need to make that happen, aren't there? Three things in order to be able to, to build something, build anything. They are number one, plans. You need some plans. You can't just start building without some plans. Once you've got the plans, you have a better idea then of what you'll need in the way of tools and equipment and supplies. And then once you've got all your tools and equipment and supplies, the third thing you need is some workers. Some people to actually come and use those tools and use that equipment to put those supplies together to build what you laid out in that plan. These are actually just some of the plans that we used to renovate our space at 1750 Washington Road, our new church home. Just at the end of the summer last year, we were able to move into that space where prior to COVID-19, we would meet every Sunday morning. I can remember it's just a little over a year ago, pouring over these plans with the architects and the builders and all the folks involved in that project. It seemed like every day for weeks and months on end, we would go through and we'd, we'd make some little tweaks and change some things here and there in order to build the building that we now call home. In fact, these are the final plans. It's amazing. I've got a picture here I'm going to throw up. This was the original. This was the very first plan that the architects came up with. As you can see from this picture, it looks completely different to the final finished version. In fact, in this first picture, we hadn't even planned on buying the entire length of the building. We were just going to buy as far as the loading docks and no further. So you can see how much those plans changed and developed over time. But there came a point where we were aware of what the plan was for our building and we started moving forward in the construction phase. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to this earth. God had a plan for us and it involved sending his one and only son to come to earth to live and to die to rise again, all part of a plan that we could have our relationship with God restored. You see, sin, the wrong things we do, they, that have broken our relationship with God. So the plan was for Jesus to come and, and die in our place so that as followers of him, if we're willing to, to confess, to, to ask for forgiveness, to accept him into our lives, we can have that relationship with God restored. And while Jesus was on earth, before he even died, he, he sat with his disciples one day and he unveiled to them his plan. His plan for what would happen after his death, after he was gone. You see, Jesus had a plan and his plan was to build the church. Listen to what he said one day to Peter and the other disciples that were gathered and we can read about it in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He said, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. In that moment, Jesus is letting Peter know that I have a plan. A plan to, to begin to build a church that you, my disciples, 
this small group of, of Christ followers, we're going to start to build what would become what we know and what we are part of today, the church. From those very small beginnings to over 2 billion people on planet Earth today who are a part of the church that Jesus had a plan to build. For us that connect from that very first Sunday here in this middle school, our plan was to connect our community to Christ. That was our plan seven years ago, and you know what? It hasn't changed. Our plan is still to connect our community to Christ. We are continuing on that plan that Jesus started back then in that conversation he had with Peter to build the church. And and we've taken on that part of the plan by connecting our community to Christ. So that's the first phase in any building project. You have to start by figuring out exactly what the plan is, what the plans are. Jesus very clearly laid out his plans for how to build the church. But in any construction project, once once you've established the plan, You then have to gather up the tools, the equipment, all the supplies you'll need in order to execute that plan. So I'm back here in the construction site of what will eventually become Bethany Community Church's worship center. And it's pretty typical of a construction site. As I'm looking around, I can see tools on the ground. I can see large equipment over there, lifts, that kind of thing. Uh, Behind me, there are pallets full of supplies, everything you would need, uh, everything you would normally find on any kind of building site or construction project. So we talked about, didn't we, the idea that Jesus, he laid out the plan with his disciples. He explained what the plan was to build his church. But once you're done with the plan, the, the, the next thing you need are those tools, those supplies, the equipment with which to complete the project. And that's what we're surrounded with here today. So what was the equipment? What's the tools? What is it that Jesus has given us in the way of supplies that we can fulfill the plan that he gave us? Well, not long after the death and resurrection of Jesus, his followers started to gather together and meet. The church started to grow in that New Testament world. Letters started to be written. Things started to be written down about the life of Jesus. And it wasn't long before they realized that um, we needed to gather all this information together, gather these letters together. And we were um, eventually left with what we know today as the Bible. This Bible is made up of the Old and New Testament, and the New Testament is full of letters and accounts of the life of Jesus. This book is our toolkit. This is where we find our supplies our equipment, everything we need to fulfill the plan that Jesus gave to build his church. And as we go into this series, Building the Church, this is the toolkit that we'll be using. And in fact, we're actually going to look at just one letter in particular throughout this whole series. It's a letter written by a man by the name of James. Now, James is an incredible follower of Jesus. He's got some really wise stuff to teach us. But before we jump into his book, let me tell you a little bit about who James was. Because if you're watching today and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, if you've not yet made a decision to to give your life completely to him, 
Maybe you're checking things out, you've got questions still, maybe you're still a little skeptical. When you hear about who James is, this might help you understand a little bit more of the impact Jesus can have in someone's life. You see, James, James was the stepbrother of Jesus himself. James was born after Jesus, but James' parents were Mary and Joseph. So James grew up with Jesus as a brother. Now we know from reading the Bible that, that James was very skeptical to the claims of Jesus. While Jesus was alive, James didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, maybe you've got a, a brother or a sister, and there could be some sibling rivalry there. I have a younger sister, and I can remember growing up, uh, there, was, there was some tension there. I would try and get my sister to do things for me. I would try and get her to, to go to the kitchen and get me a snack or to turn on the TV, and she just wouldn't do it. She would look for every opportunity possible to tell my parents of something I was up to to get me in trouble. Now, I, I kind of get it because I wasn't the greatest older brother. I could be a little bit of a, a jerk at times. But I have a feeling that if I ever went to my sister and told her, hey, listen, I need you to do this for me and you need to take me seriously because I'm actually the son of God, she would have just laughed in my face. She never would have taken me seriously. So if James the brother of Jesus is writing this incredible stuff to us and acknowledging that Jesus was the Son of God, then something must have happened to change the mind of James. And we read that something did happen. When Jesus died, when he rose again, we read that one of the people that Jesus appeared to was his brother James. And it changed James's life forever. James had an encounter with Jesus, the risen Jesus. So I'm going to take seriously what James has to write, because this comes out of somebody whose life was changed radically as a result of seeing Jesus risen from the dead. So not long after um, Jesus had died and risen again, James was actually one of the very first letters written to the church one of the earliest letters written to the new Christians of that day was written by James. As you'll see in the coming weeks, as we look through this book, you'll see that James, a lot of the influence for what he wrote was the teachings of his brother, Jesus. He was also heavily influenced by the Proverbs in the Old Testament. So James's letter that he's written is full of all of this wisdom and knowledge and practical information that you and I, as followers of Jesus, can apply in our lives. And you're going to get to see over the coming weeks that this is just great material, great tools, great equipment for us to put into practice to build the church of Jesus. So we talked about the fact that Jesus laid out the plan. Now we're aware that our tools, our equipment, the supplies that we need are here. But there's a third thing, isn't there, that's needed in any kind of construction project. There's the plan, there's the tools, but there's also the workers. You need the workers if you want to see the construction project completed. And in order to build the church, we need workers too. I'm back now at our building.
and sadly it has sat empty now for several weeks and we really are hoping that it won't be for too many more weeks before we get to open the doors here on a Sunday morning. But I want to finish off this morning here and talk to you as the workers. Talk to you as the workers that are needed to build the church. You see, that's who James was talking to when he wrote that letter. Listen to what he says in James chapter 1, verse 1. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. You see, in this letter that James wrote, and we're going to be looking at it in more detail in the coming weeks, but it's important that we understand here at the very beginning that he wrote this letter to a group of Jewish Christians. So these would have been people who grew up with Jewish families, but since learning about Jesus and the fact that he rose from the dead, have now made a decision to, to follow him, to become Christ followers. So he's writing to these, these Jewish Christians, but it says that he's um, not writing to them all in one place. Did you catch that? He said they are, they're scattered all over. You see, these very first Christians, these very first workers in this building project, they'd been scattered all over the area. Prior to James writing this letter, they'd all been together in one place in Jerusalem with the disciples, worshipping together, building the church together, but then something happened. There's a book in the New Testament called Acts, and it's kind of a historical book that traces those early years of the brand new church after Jesus died and rose again. And Acts chapter 1 through 7 are some, some great accounts of the apostles uh, leading hundreds, thousands of people to become followers of Jesus. We see the church starting to grow there in Jerusalem. They're gathering together, meeting together. And then something happens in Acts chapter 8 verse 1. Listen to this. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. You see, as a result of this persecution that they were now encountering, uh, they fled. They were scattered everywhere. So James is writing to them now in all these different places that they've scattered to. And do you know what James doesn't say when he writes his letter to them? He doesn't say, hey, uh, Christians, Jewish Christians, hang in there. Hang in there. Hopefully one day we'll all be back together in Jerusalem and then we can carry on building the church. He doesn't say that, does he? He accepts the fact that they've now been scattered, but they can still be building the church wherever they are. In fact, that's what James is going to be teaching them. He acknowledges that even though they've been scattered, they can still build the church. A couple of thousand years later, we find ourselves here today scattered. Our scattering didn't come from persecution. It came from COVID-19. So instead of all being together here this morning in this building, we're scattered across Washington and the surrounding communities, but we're still gathered together as a church, we are still the church. And pretty soon we'll be able to gather again in this building. That's going to be awesome. But in the meantime, you are still the church. You can still build the church. 
We can still build the church, even right now as we are scattered all over. You see, we have the plans, don't we? We have the tools and the equipment. All we need is to make sure that the workers are still committed to doing the work. So it won't be long before we're gathered here again on a Sunday morning, but in the meantime, I hope you'll join with me as we continue on in this series, Build the Church, at looking for creative ways that we, the workers, can continue to build this church in this community outside of a Sunday morning, throughout the week, just in our regular day-to-day lives. So over the coming weeks in our Build the Church series, you're going to hear of more and more ways that you can be active and involved in building the church. There'll be many different ideas. Some will be uh, forms of community outreach. Just last week, we were able to um, deliver some some pools, some inflatable pools to, to people in our community. You heard a great story earlier about that. Our goal in building the church wasn't that we, one of our pastors, one of the staff here, would take that pool to that family. Our goal was to take it to you so you could take it to your neighbors on behalf of the church. That's you building the church. We've had some gatherings. We've had some outdoor services. But also we're encouraging folks on Sunday mornings to participate in these watch parties. I hope this morning you're watching right now with some other people. Watch parties are a great opportunity to invite people to come and join you and watch the service together. Maybe it's a group you're already a part of. Maybe it's somebody at Connect who you haven't seen in a while, used to serve together. You'll invite them. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe they've never come to church with you before. Invite them to your house. Say, hey, would you guys want to come and and spend Sunday morning at our house? We're going to watch the church service together. Last Sunday night... Uh, Casey, my wife and I, we, we had our small group gathering and we had a watch party um, with four other couples. It was great. We got to sit and watch the service. It was a little awkward, sat there and uh, me listening to me speak, uh, me laughing at my jokes, <laughs> me leading me in communion last week along with the rest of the small group. It was kind of a, uh, an unusual thing, but it was great to gather together with others and then talk a little bit more about the message from last Sunday. You're going to hear so many other ideas in the coming weeks as we work through this Build the Church series. And I hope you'll partner with me. I hope you'll take on this challenge as we work through the book of James together and hear about what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. It's going to be an amazing summer as we learn to build together. So I hope you'll make that commitment with me this morning to join us in building the church together. Let's pray. Father... We love you so much, and we are so grateful that we are a part of a plan that began thousands of years ago, that, Lord, you have equipped us, Lord, through your uh, teachings, through your Bible, Lord, you've equipped us with the tools and the equipment we need, and now all that's left us to do is for us as the workers to go to work, to build this church. Lord, help this summer to be a summer that we'll look back on for years to come and remember that that the concept of church changed, that this went from something that we did for an hour on a Sunday morning in a building to something that's a part of every aspect of our lives, that everywhere we go, everything we do, we are building the church for you, Lord. Help us, Father, to rise to that challenge. In Jesus' name, amen.
Next Sunday is Father's Day. We've got a great service in store, so please plan on joining us uh, for some fun next Sunday morning. Have a great week.